RWJ Barnabas Health Telemed offers you two convenient ways to see a doctor anytime, anywhere, without having to come in for an appointment. If you're in need of urgent care, you can use our app to connect with a provider 24-7, right on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. Or you can use our website to schedule a virtual visit with an RWJ Barnabas Health Medical Group provider or specialist. And you can even register as a new patient. Book an appointment online at rwjbh.org slash telemed. Your safety has always been our top priority, and we've taken every precaution. So don't delay your care any longer. Get started today at rwjbh.org slash telemed. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Hi again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan. Welcome to the latest installment of Speak of the Devils, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. My good friend Amanda Stein is along for the ride as well. And we've got a very interesting guest to join us this week, don't we, Amanda? We do. And I promised this guest, I want to say like four or five days ago, that we were over talking to him. He didn't have to be in the limelight anymore. We had done everything we needed to do like oh that's really great and then here we are bringing him in today for (laughs) one last conversation (laughs) and that of course is Travis Ajak because you referenced the spotlight that was focused on him recently as he played in his 1000th game and I've had the pleasure of seeing every one of his games Uh, he broke in I had been covering the team on the TV side but my first radio broadcast was his first game so our yeah, yeah, we were both in Carolina for that first one, and uh, he wound up probably having a better debut than I did, but that's the way it goes. We've been able to stick around long enough, but he he really doesn't like to talk about himself, but what I found out about him over the years is, and, and you have, I'm sure, as well, but if you get him in a group setting and talk about himself, he gives you some shorter answers, mm-hmm. professional hockey answers. But when you get a chance to just sit down with them, have some laughs, he's a really deep thinker. I know, you know, he may chuckle at that, but I find him to be a deep thinker who's got some really great ideas about the game and he's totally honest. So the key is to get him alone as we are about to, which is nice. And the other thing that I think is underrated about Travis, maybe because it's not as visible and like you and I are lucky because we do get that one-on-one interaction. He is really funny. Yes. Like, he is like very dry, but like really funny. And I really appreciate that about him, um, that he really can have a good time. But you're right. He's very thoughtful. He's very, um, you know, he's just sort of what makes an all around good human and an all around good, great hockey player. Yep. And yeah. So it's our pleasure to welcome only the fourth devil to play a thousand games in the devil's sweater to the podcast as we say hello to the man from Winnipeg, Travis Sajak. Thanks for having me guys. So take us through that 1000 game ceremony. Uh, Your wife, your three children are involved and we could see you looking around where the heck is Zenon when the two daughters (laughs) and Nikki were out there waiting to greet you. Just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it was a, you know, it was a great ceremony. Um, obviously just to have my family there who, who has been a big part of, you know, most of my career, to be honest, and uh, seeing the girls out there, um, 
then yeah, I was looking around like, where's Big Z? Like, I'm like, is he emotional in the back right now? I wasn't sure. Um, and then him walking out with the stick, you just seeing how, you know, proud he was. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a great moment uh, to, to spend with them. Um, all the sacrifices they have made for me to, you know, reach this milestone. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun, them being there with me. How much did, does that stick weigh? Thirty six pounds, right? Six, yeah, some really thirty something. I, um, yeah, he did a great job carrying it. So, uh, and then uh, might get him shooting some pucks with it uh, back at the house, training with it. So, but uh, yeah, it's a lot heavier than it uh, than you think. But it's uh, it was a cool moment. Um, uh, you know, it's something that means a lot to me to be able to do it with with uh, this organization. So uh, hopefully, you know, the next step is uh, a, a different, uh, a different trophy. Your wife played hockey growing up. You guys are the quintessential hockey couple. There are some significant others of players who probably wouldn't know an offside from an icing necessarily, but boy, she could break the game down. Nikki does. When you take the game home with you, do you talk to her about it? Does she coach you through some of the ups and downs? How does that work? No, she's there as a, obviously as a sounding board, like any, like, uh, you know, any wife, but there's definitely, you know, times we talk about the game and, and different situations and we're a hockey family. You know, we, uh, we love being around the game. We love, uh, you know, being at the rink, um, love seeing the kids enjoy the game and, and, uh, you know, puts a smile on our face when, uh, when we see them on the ice having fun and that's what it's all about. We just, uh, it's something that's given our family, uh, so much that, uh, you know, we, we just feel very fortunate to all be part of it. So how does it go though, when, when you come home and you've had a nice performance and she might say, you know what, but you really didn't work hard along that, the boards there in that third period on that next to last shift. Oh, oh yeah. She doesn't, uh, like I said, she loves watching the game. She doesn't miss a beat. So she'll, uh, you know, she, uh, she, she knows when I'm in a good mood and when I'm in a bad mood and, uh, you know, when, uh, when to, you know, say something and, and, uh, critique some, but I, to be honest, I love it. I love, uh, having that in our relationship to be able to talk about something we both uh, enjoy and love. Do all three play hockey? I know your little one is still quite little, but I know Zenon definitely plays. So do the, do your girls play hockey? Our uh, our middle, our oldest girl plays hockey. Our youngest is just skating and doing some skating lessons. And she really enjoys being on the ice and um, probably the most. And, and she's a, she's a spitfire. So, you know, she's going to be out there taking crap from no crap from no one. I, I can guarantee that when, when she gets a chance. So I'm excited to see her evolve as a hockey player. Is it, I mean, you must love it too, even though, you know, just watching them learn how to skate. Right. Yeah, I do. And it's, it's funny just seeing the evolution. Um, and they, you know, they like being out there. They, they, they listen, they try hard and, um, we don't have to push them, but you know, they, they love going to the rink. And, uh, when we were in even COVID protocol, um, they couldn't wait to get back. They were so excited to, to get back to playing with their team and, and being on the ice. So, uh, the fact that they already, enjoy the game that much it, it's it's awesome 
We are recording this the day after uh, Walter Gretzky passed away. And I bring it up only because in the stories that have been written about him, Wayne is quoted a lot. And then they reference to some of the quotes that Walter made about Wayne growing up is that he, Wayne loved to play. Eventually Walter got tired of driving him to nearby rinks because Wayne wanted to stay out there so long. So he eventually built the back door or the backyard rink. But Wayne said, people forget, I wanted to be out there. I wasn't forced to be out there. Sounds like that one daughter you're talking about has a little bit of that in her, huh? Well, she does. She likes, uh, uh, she loves being outside on the rink. And even, you know, this, uh, this winter I put up a, a rink in the backyard and we got, you know, a few weeks here and there out of it. And, uh, it was great. The kids went back there, put a net up and they, they would play and, you know, they like shoveling the ice more than skating <laughs> playing sometimes, but the fact that they're out there, um, you know, is it, big and it's not us forcing them. I think that's the worst thing you can do. Um, it's, it's them. Hey, can you tie my skate so I can go in the backyard and, and, and skate? I'm like, for sure. I mean, that's, uh, it, it's just something, uh, that, uh, you know, they've enjoyed and as much as they want to do it, we're going to try and be there and support them any way we can. Well, if they're shoveling the ice, that means you don't have to. So <laughs> that's also good. How about the driveway? Get them to do yeah. the driveway at <laughs> yeah. some point. You'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, was that the first time you put in a backyard rink? We did it last year, but to be honest, it was it was not cold last year. We got maybe two days out of it. But yeah, this year it's been uh, it was it was worth it because they even. Uh, to be honest, when we were in COVID protocol, they were out there yeah. skating and, and, uh, and to your point, Maddie, we were, we were snow blowing the rink before the driveway. Like it was that, it was that important. It was more important than the driveway. We would, we would, uh, like, let's get outside and then get the rink going. And then the driveway would do days later. Later. Do it later. <laughs> what, what is that like? Like putting in a rink in your backyard? <laughs> what is that process like? Oh, it's, to be honest, it's that easy ice setup. So it's uh, it's one that kind of snaps together. That's uh, awesome. We can all do it in in less than an hour. So it's uh, it's uh, it's not a hard system to to put together. It's it's for amateurs and it's the <laughs> best I could do right now. <laughs> what about maintaining it? Is that like a process, or is it, I, I don't know anything about putting in backyard ranks, Obviously, <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's we ha I have a little. Uh, I guess Zamboni thing, you hook up to the hose and you, you kind of sweep it on the ice. And that was kind of like my favorite part was going out there and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, getting on the ice and trying to get a nice coat on it and get it nice and flat for the kids. Um, so, uh, that was a lot of fun. I've got an idea and I hope it doesn't come through for several years, but if there's an occasion where maybe you get a little bump or a bruise and you miss a game and you're durable, so it probably won't happen till long after you're retired, we get you on a Zamboni at Prudential Center. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Eventually I want to, yeah, I, I want to make a bigger rink in the backyard. So if I can get a, <laughs> a little test run really, on the I really, really want to dial on that ice and get it like perfect. So it's, uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You get a mini bony for the backyard, yeah, exactly. right? Does that, Nikki awesome. still get out on the ice with you guys? Uh, once in a while. Yeah. She's uh kids love when she comes out. So, um, but uh, she's, she's coming off back surgery. So it's a little less and less right. making sure she's healthy, but 
you know, we're still out there watching the kids and, and helping them out. And, and they, uh, they love it. Where did you two meet? How did you two meet? Uh, back in Winnipeg. So, um, we've, we've known each other for a while and, uh, since high school and, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a long journey and she's been there the whole time with me and, uh, wouldn't want anyone else by my side, uh, throughout this. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a blessing we've had, uh, you know, throughout this, uh, throughout our life uh, being together, having, raising three kids, uh, being around the game. Um, so something, uh, something we both cherish. Where, where did you guys go on your first date? <laughs> Do you remember? You were teenagers, right? Like yeah, just kids, probably from, babies. Probably to, mo- probably to a movie, to be honest. I, that would probably, I, I can't remember, but I have to say it. It must have been a movie. I was driving like a little blue Acura, like Integra, like 1989 Acura Integra. It was like the lights would like flip up. Like, <laughs> washing that car every day. I was so proud of it. <laughs> I, I remember talking to Nikki ahead of your 1000th game. And she was saying that, you know, originally, like when you, you were thinking of, you know, building a place back home in Winnipeg and moving back to Winnipeg once all was said and done, but that you guys have really made New Jersey your home and where you have not just friends from the Devils, but outside of the game and your kids were born here. So like, is there any intent, like just to stay here permanently right now? That's, uh, I mean, that's the plan right now is we're, we're so embedded in, in, uh, in Jersey with the kids being in school here, this is, this is their life, their sports teams, their friends. Um, you know, we've made friends, uh, away from the rink, um, that, uh, that has made us really comfortable with Jersey and want to stay here. I think we love it as a, we love our community. We, uh, you know, we love, uh, New York city. We love, you know, every opportunity that this area kind of gives, uh, not only us, but the, the kids to grow up and really, do whatever they want in life. And, uh, that's something that, uh, you know, we, we want to give them. And not that you don't, you know, love Winnipeg, but certainly very different. <laughs> very different. I, I thought it was cold this year in Jersey. I couldn't imagine going back to Winnipeg for a winter right now. So it's so funny because like, I feel the same, like I've only been here four years, four winters. And like, I don't know how I would tolerate a Montreal winter anymore. I just like, we've become soft, Travis. Yeah, that's, that's it. Exactly. So. That's probably the first time I've heard the word soft in New Jersey <laughs> uh, associated because we usually view ourselves as tough, but you're right. Your winters growing up were a lot harsher than the ones we experienced growing up here in New Jersey, although it's changed for all of us, but yeah, it's a little, little rougher over the border. What, what was the COVID-19 situation like for you? Can you kind of describe not only how it, it impacted you, but just how the family had to deal with it. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was scary. I, I think first off, obviously uh, myself getting in, I wasn't really worried about, uh, you know, how I was, it was going to affect me. It was more just making sure I, uh, you know, the kids and, and my wife would stay healthy, but, uh, you know, with COVID, it's it spread. Even though we were, I was in quarantine in the basement. The next thing you know, uh, my wife gets it. Um, and for me, my symptoms weren't bad. I had a, you know, I was tired for a few days, had a cough, and then I I was pretty much back to normal. But 
Um, she, you know, had fevers for weeks, um, high fevers, chills, um, body aches, pretty much the whole thing where she, you know, eventually had to, you know, spend four days in the hospital getting some, you know, fluids and steroids and antibiotics. And uh, it was just, you, you don't know how it's going to affect everybody. And, and that's the scary part. And, and uh, lucky for us, she's, uh, you know, she, she's tough and she was able to battle through it and, and come out the other side. But even after that, uh, you know, it, it spread through our kids, uh, two or three kids had it. So it was, uh, and, and again, fortunate for us, they, you know, the symptoms weren't, uh, you know, they, they were able to fight it off and, and, and get through it, uh, pretty quickly, but, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a little hairy in our house for a bit, but, uh, you know, we were, we were all able to, to come out the other side on it. Well, thank goodness, and and hopefully no lasting impacts. It's such a sneaky virus. I mean, the impact, people are asymptomatic, people get floored, people have mild symptoms. You just don't know, and and that's that's really what makes it scary. And, you know, not to preach to the choir, because I know we're all practicing the, the proper protocols, but, you know, for those who think that we've come out of it, yeah, we've come a long way, but still, if you could pick and choose, if you could tell me, I haven't gotten it, thank goodness, but if you could tell me, listen, you'll just get the mild variety, then I wouldn't be as concerned, but you just don't know. It's such a sneaky virus, crazy. Exactly, exactly. So, um, fortunate, like I said, we're we're through it now, but uh, you definitely don't want to, you don't want to be spreading, you know, COVID when you can do the right thing and, and protect people and wear a face mask, socially distance. So still, still important. We're, we're, we're not there yet. You know, we, we talk about how like it affects people differently. And I know you're never one to make any kind of excuse for anything, but do you think it's been difficult on the team to really have the whole team wiped out and then come back and not only come back, but you know, the schedule is just grueling every other day. And I don't think people really understand the type of toll that that takes. And I'm not saying like, is that why, you know, the wins aren't there, but just how difficult it might be. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, obviously our schedule is unforgiving and um, to, to be honest, I think it takes a, a good, you know, couple games to get your legs back and, and, and timing and all that. Um, but for me personally, I didn't feel too much effect, uh, you know, uh, with wind or 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 uh, or legs or anything like that. It was just more of the timing and and uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where there's some other teams in it with us. Like uh, the, yeah. it's 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 the way the season's going to be, and we just have to you know we have to find ways to to. Uh, you know, make sure we're fresh and, and we're ready to go and, and taking care of ourselves because recovery is going to be extremely important going forward here. Uh, you know, you're going to have to, to make sure you're, you're doing the right things, eating right, sleeping right, and, and, and trying to take care of yourself, uh, you know, away from the rank after games, because it's, uh, like, like you guys said, the schedule is grueling and it's, uh, it's not much time for practice. It's, it's, it's play, rest, play, rest. Is it sometimes alarming though? Like, I mean, I guess we just started getting into this part of the schedule where it's like really every other day, right? Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, there's no time to breathe really. There, there, there isn't, it's, uh, it's, and, and that can wear on you mentally, but you, you have to, 
uh, you just have to be engaged, uh, you know, uh, when you're, when you're at the rink, because, uh, like I said, there's, you, you think you can take a, a, you know, a step back after a game, but you, you, you can't, you gotta really prepare for the next one. Um, and, uh, and then the next one after that, and, and it, it just continues. So, uh, but saying that as a player, that's, it, it, it is fun to, to play a lot of games and play almost every day. You don't have to practice much. You, you come to the rink, you know, you're, you're going to be in a game and you get to compete. And, and as a player, that that's kind of fun. How do you find that balance between getting that necessary rest and, you know, being a family man who's engaged with his kids and spends time with his kids and wants to see them do their activities? What is that balance like for you? Well, it's just obviously priorities. I think uh, uh, there's a lot of time. We got a lot of time off, but it's just it's making sure you you have the right priorities. And for me, it's uh, it's hockey. And then at home, it's. the kids and 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 yeah. helping out and, and and resting and uh there's not uh you know there's there's time for other things away from the rink and and but for me i you know my priorities are you know hockey and, and family and then the rest of the stuff has to wait till you know after after the season or 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 way down the line so um <laughs> But there, there's there's plenty of time for both. Um, it's just uh, you you can only you know have so much energy for a couple of things, and and those are the things I want to focus on. So when you talk about helping out at home, is that cooking? Is that cleaning? Or just I'll I'll watch over the kids. <laughs> I'll spend time with the kids. I'm put I'm putting a fresh coat on the ice. Yeah. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's whatever's needed. Obviously, my uh my wife's got it under control and she she uh you know they have their routine with hockey and 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 school and i'm i'm you know trying to help out with like you said some cooking or driving the kids to hockey because obviously when i'm gone it's all it's all on her to to chauffeur the kids around so uh but uh other than that it's uh you know just being around trying to uh talk to them bug them uh stuff like that so read them some books but um help make some lunches and and things like that but uh you know we uh the 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 kids uh they're in the routine they're 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 great listeners they uh they help out so and obviously uh nikki's uh nikki's there to you know uh you know guide them help them and uh she's been uh she's been great so a lot of sacrifices are made uh, by her to, to to let me, you know, obviously sleep in after a game or, or things like that. So, uh, you know, very lucky. So, if you're in the kitchen, what 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 do you what what's on the menu? It's usually steak or, or <laughs> fish, and then some kind of like salad, broccoli. <laughs> very easy yeah very easy but to be honest our kids are good eaters so they're you know they'll they eat salads they eat uh they eat fruits and veggies they um now you're gluten-free right i i am now is so, the whole family gluten-free no no but uh i'm uh i'm kind of a stickler with what i eat but you know the everyone the kids are great eaters and then you know they they get their snacks and their fruits <laughs> And, and things like that so um it's 
no, we got a we got a healthy relationship with, with gluten. That's awesome to hear. Are you gluten free uh, by choice? No, it's just uh, it's it's not by choice. I just uh, I, I I did some blood work during the summer and and had to cut out some some things and um, it's it's been it's been pretty easy to be honest. To, there's so many different options out there nowadays with with allergies and things like that that. I can easily, you know, find replacements uh, to to gluten. What have some of the challenges been? And, and we'll spend a few more minutes with you here before we let you go. What have some of the challenges been being an older voice in a very young dressing room? Challenges and rewards. Yeah, it's just um, it's uh, it's just trying to, you know, teach the young guys to. To, to have patience, to come to the ring, to work hard, to, to play the right way, um, to not get frustrated, I think is a big one, is, is just to, to keep, you know, coming to the ring and trying to improve and, and grow your game. I think that's where your, your mindset has to be is uh, there's going to be highs and lows. Um, you know, you're going to go through streaks like right now where we're not scoring a lot of goals, but you have to try and just get better and improve yourself every, every day. Um, and that's something I try to communicate is, uh, through, you know, through examples by, you know, being on the ice early, working on things, uh, being in the gym, um, just, uh, things I can control that, uh, ha have helped me through my, my career and that were passed on through, you know, guys ahead of me, um, you know, Patty and Marty and, uh, you know, it's, a it's an unforgiving, like I said, uh, the NHL is, is unkind and it's, it's a hard league to score. It's a hard league to stay in. Um, so you, you know, you really have to, you, you really have to put in the work every day. Nico was named captain a couple of days ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago. What, how, how have you seen his evolution? Because I remember coming in his first year and, you know, he was still, you know, quiet and sort of figuring things out, but, I think, you know, you, we've really seen an evolution in him and he's a young captain. He's a really young captain, but he's, uh, for his age, he's, he's extremely mature and just how he handles himself, how he, uh, how he plays the game. Um, you know, he's responsible uh, defensively. He's, uh, uh, he's explosive offensively. He puts in the work every day, he comes to the rink with a good attitude, uh, with a smile on his face. Uh, his teammates respect him, like him, want to be around him. So those are all, all signs of, uh, of a leader. And, and, you know, he's 22, but he's the, he's a guy that uh, is going to be counted on for years and years with this, with this team. And he's only going to get better. When he was named captain, Tom Fitzgerald said that the night before he called both you and Kyle Palmieri to let them let you guys know that that was the direction you were heading. Can you sort of share what that conversation was like and maybe what you said at that time? Oh, he just uh, just kind of what he what he was thinking um, as far as what he saw in a captain. What he um, uh oh, it's okay. Well, the lights went out. One sec. Uh, <laughs> I told you, you about that. <laughs> I was, um, yeah. See, Sammy, Sammy Votnin couldn't figure that out. He did the rest of the interview in the dark. That's fantastic. That's Sammy right there. So, yeah. But no, just what, uh, 
you know, kind of where where he was going with with uh, picking a captain. I, you know, uh, I couldn't agree with him more. Um, it's a young team. They needed a, a someone to grow with them, and obviously, Nico is is a fantastic choice. So, um, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for this organization to to have someone like Nico leading them uh, into the future. I want to just circle back quickly about learning to and having to improve every day, but you're judged by wins and losses as an athlete. How hard is it? And especially as you talk to some of the younger players, like they want to win, you want to win, of course, but you can see the bigger picture having been around 15 years, but the losing keeps going. And who cares if I win one more face off or I get a little stronger along the boards, we lost again. So how do you handle that emotional swing? And what's, what's the lesson you're trying to impart to the young kids along that way? Yeah, obviously you're right. You you are judged on wins and losses, but it's it's details that add up over time, and and those those little plays they all um, they they all add up, and and the more the more and more you can get better at uh, you know faceoffs, uh, protecting the puck, making the right play when you have it. Those uh, they're eventually going to turn, and and things are going to you know go the right way and things are going to add up into wins and, and you're going to get confidence. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really easy to focus on wins and losses, but, um, you know, it's, it's details within the game that really decide whether you win or lose a game. So, uh, those are the things that I think are, are really important. I think on that note, we can wrap things up. We spent more time than I thought, we necessarily would. Trap, thanks very much, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Congrats on the new house, honey. What's this? Carbon monoxide detectors? Yeah, but one on every level. Because you can't see or smell carbon monoxide. And when fuel-burning appliances aren't working right, CO can build up and be deadly. Guys, I'm on it. We just want to know you're safe. At PSENG, we're committed to your family's safety. Know how to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning. If your CO detector goes off, leave immediately. Then call 911. Protect the ones you love. Learn more at PSEG.com slash gas safety. There was so much more I would have loved to have asked Travis, and we'll save that. Don't tell him. He'll have to find out by listening to the end of this podcast. <laughs> We're going to have a part two at some point. We have to bring him on again. I mean, because he grew up working in his dad's place uh, in Winnipeg, was imparted a lot of lessons. You know, he mentioned about he and Nikki are hockey people through and through its hockey family. But Travis grew up in a hockey family as well. So there's a lot of things we could talk about, uh, but we'll have to save that for another one. But but I love this insight, and you can tell how much uh, he and Nikki are in love and how much family means to him. Yeah, I mean, and I mentioned it in the podcast, right, talking to him that I did really have the pleasure of talking to not only Nikki about their time together, but his dad, Tom, his brother, Darcy. That was Uh, your long story, your long form story. Correct. My big read was, you know, just sort of about who Travis is away from the rink. Um, And you can just tell that they're just such a wonderful family, um, very supportive of one another. Mr. Zajac did say, though, he's like, well, you know, because they obviously couldn't be here for game 1000 when normally you see like the family and everything. And so I asked him like how he felt about that. And he goes, well, I missed game one. So really what's, what's missing game 1000? I've, <laughs> I've, I've seen a whole bunch of them and that, but that to me, like, obviously, you know, he was being facetious and would have loved to be here for that moment. But what it also speaks to is just the humble nature of not only, you know, Travis, um, but you can see where he gets it from. Like there's no, 
there, there's no uh, curtain to who Travis is. He is just himself, and he's a very humble human being. He is, and it's uh, been a pleasure to know him all these years. And what we hope is that, and for the fans who are listening, we all know it, we're going through a rough patch as a team right now, and there are growing pains with this young team. But I like what Travis said at the beginning. Someday he hopes he can have another trophy, another monument that he can grasp. And, you know, hopefully he'll be there which means it'll be in the next couple of years in all likelihood, but hopefully he'll be around to, to help the devils because he's such a part of their recent great past. Wasn't on championship team. It would be wonderful for him to enjoy that. So that's really what I, you know, before we wrap this up, but like, that's really what I sort of pinned him as when I was writing that big read is that he is really the connection to the, great past of the Devils. And you're right. No, he wasn't on those cup winning teams, but he did play in the 2012 finals and was a big piece of that. Um, so he's sort of like that last thread that is connecting that past to what the future is. And just by talking to him about Nico, right? Like he is here for all those things, the transition. And I don't think that there's anyone better suited for this role of being the transitionary veteran than, than Travis. And I'll end it on this note. For those who are listening, if you haven't had a chance to check out, I'm sorry, I called it the long form. Oh, please. <laughs> check out Amanda's story on Travis Ajax. You should. It's on NewJerseyDevils.com. It's Thank a wonderful you. read. And you did a great job on that. So on that note, we will wrap things up on this edition of Speak of the Devils, presented by our good friends at RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. For Amanda Stein, I'm Matt Lachlan. Thanks to Travis Ajak and thanks to you for your company. It's always appreciated. We'll see you next time. So long, everyone.